right, how's everybody doing? Welcome to Monday, 27th. Can you believe it? We're, we're cranking along here. Episode 81. I'm Mike Jefferson, Chicago Jazz Magazine, chicagojazz.com. And you are watching Chicago Music Revealed. Hopefully everybody had a great weekend. It was a little hot out there. Although if you follow me on Instagram, follow me on Facebook, you would have seen that I enjoy working out in this kind of heat. So you saw some pictures of that. Along with some exciting stuff that we did at the Epiphany Center for the Arts with our guest today, who I'm going to bring on in a second, Denise Times. But before we get to that, I also want to mention the Epiphany Center for the Arts, which I am also the Director of Programming and Entertainment. And as I promised last week, we are going to be making announcements toward the end of this week about our Sanctuary Music Series, which is going to be kicking off in September. Of course, all the information is at epiphanyshy.com. Get the information, sign up for our newsletter, exciting stuff coming, so stand by. All of it COVID safe, along with a live stream platform as well. So we are going to be announcing everything later this week. Now, I promised you that we were going to talk to our guest today, Denise Times, and she actually kicked off. She was the first one to perform in the sanctuary at the Epiphany Center for the Arts this past Thursday night as part of the Millennium Park at Home series, which they're going to be dropping this video that we did last week sometime at the beginning of September to coincide when the Chicago Jazz Festival would have been happening in Millennium Park, but obviously for obvious reasons is not. And Denise is a big part of that. So Denise, welcome to the show. I am so glad Thank you are you. here. And it was great seeing you last week performing at the Epiphany Center, sounding wonderful as usual. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. It's always great seeing you and being in your presence. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And I mean, you you were able to come out and I love the fact that DK's Department of Cultural Affairs special events that I've had a long relationship with at Chicago Jazz Magazine is doing at least something because of the COVID situation. So they're putting out this Millennium Park at Home series and you are a big part of that. So we did a great video shoot over there for killer tunes with a killer band as well. And, yes. And now most people don't have gigs. But I wanted to have you on the show because you actually have a gig coming up here at the <laughs> Chicago Jazz Showcase, which, which you know, get the marching band out because there's a, a live performance gig for jazz in Chicago. Thank God. And you have it. So let's talk right off the bat about that. You're going to hit over at the Jazz Showcase, of course, 806 South Plymouth Avenue, jazzshowcase.com for all the information this Thursday July 30th, and you're running through Sunday, August 2nd. Now, we've got shows at 9 p.m., at 7 p.m. and 9 p.m., Thursday through Saturday, and then 4 p.m., of course, that's the Joe Siegel Jazz Matinee, Save the Children Matinee at 4 p.m., and then 8 p.m. again over at the Showcase. So it's got to feel good to actually have a live gig on the calendar. You, you're probably like everybody else. This is your first one, I would imagine, for, since since this whole thing went down. It is definitely my first live gig. Uh, I've had a few, you know, virtual, but this is my first one, yes, with where there's actually uh, going to be an audience. It's also my jazz showcase debut. Oh, I know that. <laughs> yes. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, it's like I'm bringing my sugar and my water and I'm making some lemonade through these times, that's you know, right. so, that's right. yeah. Well, and, yeah. you know, hats off to Wayne over there at the jazz showcase. Absolutely. This, this whole thing 
He's slow opening. I know he's being super safe with his protocols for sanitation and everything. Yeah. So everybody going there is going to feel safe. But then, of course, right when everything is starting to reopen, they kick it back a little bit. So he's actually going to be doing it. He's not serving alcohol at the Jazz Showcase for the shows just because the city rolled it back. But hats off to him for opening up and having it happen. And you guys can grab a drink on the way before. You can grab a drink <laughs> afterwards. But go support the Jazz Showcase. And, of course, go check out Denise Times over there. Are you there with a with a trio or a quartet, or how's that? Uh, I'm there with myself. Richard Johnson uh, is on piano. Um, Christian Dillingsworth is on bass. Sam Jewell is on drums. And Sherelle... Um, um, uh, Cassidy is uh, on saxophone. Oh, she's dynamite! Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just I'm you know I, I you know I didn't know she and Richard were husband and wife. I just I liked her just who she was, and I said to Richard, "Do you know this uh, Sherelle Cassidy?" He's like, "Uh huh." And I, was like, <laughs> I think I want her for the set, you know. And he's like, "Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure I can tell her because that's my wife." I'm like, "What?" Get out of here! <laughs> but yeah we're, we're ho- I'm, you know i'm really hoping and that that chicago will you know i you know just make this announcement as because things are are, are constantly changing with covid and and chicago's mayor and, and and the governor is doing such a wonderful job and looking out for chicagoans and you know who knows maybe you know they will change their minds on the alcohol thing and i really hope that you know they do you know, but like you said, you know, just kind of get your drink on, you know, before you get there and, you know, come out and enjoy some some wonderful music. As, as you said, Mike, it's going to be a wonderful band. And and I just, you know, really to, um, you know, really sing because I'm excited about this, even though under the circumstances, but I'm really excited about this with it being my debut at the showcase. Well, I, I never realized that, but I mean, I know that your, your, you know, unofficial official home has been winter's jazz club, which we all love winters and Scott over there at winters. And I know he's, he's not open yet. He hasn't attempted to reopen um, mm-hmm. during this COVID mm-hmm. thing, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize this was your first time at the Jazz Showcase. Now, you've played yeah. all over the country, all over the world, <laughs> yes. actually, but you've never played the Jazz Showcase. That's amazing to me. I've never played me. the Jazz Showcase, <laughs> you know, four hours away from me. So. Man, oh, man, it took a so, pandemic uh, to get you into the Jazz Showcase. All right. Well, you know, Wayne doesn't know this. I, I didn't tell him this story, but many years ago, I met um, – it was the first time I met Houston Person on uh, the Jazz Cruise. And um, – and so, you know, he was telling me about the, um, I think it's it, well, I, the Blue Room in Kansas City, which I've had a chance to play. And and he told me about the Jazz Showcase. He said, you know, talk to Joe. And he said, now, Joe, you know, he doesn't really care for singers, mm-hmm. but, you know, just talk to him, you know. And everybody I took to, oh, no, 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 don't, no, he's not, he's not going to hire you. He's not going to hire you. Don't even think about it. And so I called him and, and I said, uh, you know, hi, this is uh, Denise Times. I'm a jazz vocalist. And Houston person called, uh, told me to call you to tell you to hire me. <laughs> <laughs> you better get it and all out said, in the first sentence, he, right? <laughs> wait a minute. He said, Houston didn't tell you that because <laughs> Houston knows I don't hire singers. <laughs> and I said, Mr. Siegel, you have to hire me. I said, because I'm very, very good. And so he said, yeah, that's what they all say. And I said, no, but I'm really good. 
and you have to hire me. So I can't wait to tell that story to other folks, you know, who may not have a chance to listen to this. <laughs> but uh, what a thrill it is to be finally in the showcase. And, and as a matter of fact, I got to call Houston and let him know. So there you go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but you know what? Your impression of Joe Siegel is spot on, too, by the way. Like, <laughs> I know that's exactly what he said. So that's perfect. Oh, that's exactly <laughs> what he said. He said, Houston didn't tell you to call me because I don't hire singers. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's outstanding. So you're going to be at the showcase this Thursday. I'm going to reiterate it again, Thursday through Sunday, July 30th through August 2nd. And mm -hmm. get on over there. Of course, there's parking in the back. I always like to tell everybody when they're going to the Jazz Showcase, there's a lot of reasons everybody makes up excuses. Oh, it's downtown. Oh, it's here. Oh, it's there. Well, first of all, it's super simple to get to. Second of all, there's not a lot of traffic these days. So it's very easy to get around in Chicago. And there's parking right behind the Jazz Showcase for like five or seven bucks. So you can't beat that. And of course, going in, what is this? Their 48th year in business, Jazz Showcase. So get yes. out there and celebrate and 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 uh, showcase everything. No, I'm sorry. It's been longer than that. It's like 60 years in business. It's since 1948. I thought it was 75. Yeah. Well, it's getting close. Yeah, it's 19, 1948 yeah. is when Joe started doing it. So, okay. you know, it's it's one of the oldest uh, jazz clubs in the uh, in yeah. the entire world. So, I mean, so this yeah. is going to be exciting. So, we got to – I've heard you perform before, obviously. I had you on the old show when we did it over at Johnny O's, the talking jazz show and everything. And – you know, I know that that um, every time you hit the stage, you bring it. Now, the thing that I love about it and, and just, you know, reiterated the whole situation last Thursday when you did four tunes for the De uh, Department of Cultural Affairs Special Events video mm -hmm. shoot mm -hmm. is that you have a wide range of repertoire. I mean, oh, wow. you know, you, you 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 delve into some things. I mean, you know, the standards up and down. But then I heard a couple of tunes that I know those tunes, but it's it's not one of those standard repertoire tunes that a jazz singer would normally just pull out. Right. I mean, I've mm -hmm, heard you sing mm -hmm. a lot of different things. So how, let's talk a little bit about your repertoire and about your background and about your influences, but particularly about picking tunes as a vocalist and how you go about selecting them. Because, you know, if you're doing a theme show, I get that Ella Fitzgerald, mm -hmm. whatever it is, but I mean, mm -hmm, when you're doing mm -hmm. your show and what can people expect to hear mm -hmm. in the jazz showcase, how do you go through picking out of all these tunes and putting a program together? Well, Mike, you know, I really, first of all, take in consideration of, um, the clientele. Uh, most of the people that come to the jazz showcase are definitely true jazz mm -hmm. lovers. And so uh, they want to hear some of the old. They want to hear a little of the new. And then they want to hear who the singer is, you know. Yeah. And so I kind of take all those things into consideration. Sometimes, um, you know, I, I know that, you know, sometimes my audience, if I, if when, I'm, when I get there and I look over my audience, and if I see I have an older crowd, then I play those kind of things you know i sing those kind of things that i know you know really appeal to them and you know during covid and people coming out they're not playing if they're coming out they want to hear mm -hmm. the real stuff and sometimes it's just nice to do uh uh you know the nearness of you and in a sentimental mood just to get everybody feeling good again yeah. You know, yep. and uh, and so it's a combination of sometimes uh, I actually uh, will 
write out my set. The musicians have it. And I tell you, if, if I managed to do two songs on there that was on the set list, is a good thing because I go in a whole different direction when I see where my audience is going and, and how they're, you know, taking in the music and, you know, what really, you know, got to them and, and that sort of thing. And so, and then, you, you know, my emotions, my feelings, you know, kind of play a part in, you know, what I feel like singing tonight, mm -hmm. you know, and what I want to do. So there's always a song that I want to do, you know, when I get up there, just like, you know, Thursday, uh, I wanted to do, I'm in the mood for love, you know? And, uh, and so I was ready to sing that song, you know, so <laughs> it was fun, you know? So yeah, that was my song to me. Well, you, you know, and, and I love the fact because, you know, as a, as a drummer, I've played behind a lot of vocalists and there's a lot mm -hmm. of incredible vocalists, but the thing that always sparks my interest, first of all, as a vocal, as a drummer, I love melodies. You know, mm -hmm. and I, I love chord structures that that go right along with melodies. And, mm -hmm. you know, in my head, I've learned, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of melodies so I can play them down on the drums and all that. As mm -hmm. I know, as a vocalist, you know even more. But but um, that's the kind of stuff that I love. And then also being able to take a standard. I'm in the mood for love and maybe putting a little twist on it. Right. I mean, I think you, you played mm -hmm. that just kind of straight ahead, medium tempo on Thursday, if mm -hmm. I'm remembering correctly, but you also played another tune that, that was uh, a standard, but you did it sort of as a, with a Latin feel that most people don't think about that way, which yeah. it's a whole other different dimension to that tune and almost brings it to life and makes it your own. Do you consciously sit at home before you're putting things together and doing a set list and think about the different grooves and how you want to do these things and map them out a little bit so that when you get there, you can say, let's do it this way, that way, this way. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I do. But it's also like I was in uh, Thailand uh, a few years back. And I was working with a group of wonderful musicians who were Russian. And we were, um, you know, uh, we, I was doing my set and just about everything, I was swinging. You know, I was swinging really hard. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, oh, let's slow it down, you know. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, I don't want to slow it down, down. Because I could tell the people were really it was it was a very uh jubilant crowd very you know and they were enjoying music and so no ballads at this point you right, know right and so um i looked at uh um the song that i did you know but not for me and usually i do they're writing songs of love but not for me you know mm -hmm. i mean I, that's where i was gonna do it and so i said i tell you what let's just uh give it a, you know, basso feel, you know, where it still blends in with the talking and the drinking mm -hmm. and people can hear themselves and, you know, and, and it's wonderful. And that's how that came about. And so, yeah, I, you know, we were, it was the same kind of thing. It's like, okay, we're swinging, you know, we did a ballad. Okay. Let's do a basso, you know, and I love doing that song, um, you know, with the basso feel because you don't hear it a lot like that. And yeah. it lays so well. There's so many tunes that I think that somebody, you know, whether maybe Ella sang it or Carmen McRae sang it or Frank Sinatra sang it a certain way. And then everybody just always does it that way. But mm -hmm. when you do something like, but not for me as a boss, it, to me, it, it lays so well in there. It, it, it's it does. Just it like, really does. Man, lay in it's it's yeah. actually, I think it's better than swinging it, to be honest with you, because it's <laughs> yeah. so in the pocket. It's like ridiculous. Yeah. You know? But yeah. also the, the the way the lyrics and the way the melody flows through that, 
a lot mm-hmm. of those tunes, when you do change grooves and you do put a little bit of a twist or slow it down or speed it up as a vocalist, it adds another dimension to the lyric, yes. I think, right? Yes. And is that yes. how you think of that too? Absolutely. Um, um, you know, that little part when I said, my mama told me he's not, you know, that mm-hmm. all of that, it's, it's like, oh, you know what? He, okay, they're writing songs of love, but not for me. <laughs> You know, (laughs) you know, and so it's it's like, you know, every girl has been in love with the guy that she couldn't have, Mm -hmm. you know. And so, of course, you bring all of that good stuff to it, you know. But when you sing it, you know, like you said, faster, they're writing songs of love, but not for me. It just is just kind of like, oh, okay, you know. Yeah, well, it glosses over because to your point, I mean, (laughs) right. I never really thought about it until right now when you said it that way. I'm like. Yeah, that's actually that is the lyric. You're right. Yeah. I'd be pissed. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we believe me that you know that that I had the same light bulb. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, so let's talk a little bit about your influences and and your your career because I know you know you look at your website and you look at all of the different places you've performed. I mean, you've played at mm-hmm. Dizzy's in New York. You mentioned Thailand. Mm-hmm. You've been all over Europe before and then there's also that story about clark terry at the beginning i mean was that one of the first experiences you had that really solidified the fact that you're going to be a professional vocalist or i mean how did that connection with clark terry come about uh again i met clark and his beautiful wife gwen uh on the jazz cruise and uh and clark uh gwen uh you know came to me and she said uh Hi, Denise. I'm, you know, I'm Gwen Terry. Clark wants to talk to you. And I'm going like, what? Clark Terry wants to talk to me, <laughs> you know, and I, and they brought me, you know, she brought me over to him and, and, and he's, he, because he found out I was from St. Louis and, you know, Clark mm-hmm. has ties in St. Louis. And he said, oh, how come I have heard of you? You know? And uh, I said, I don't know, Mr. Terry. I said, but, but I thank God you've heard of me now, you know? <laughs> And uh, the conversation kind of, you know, went. And so he, you know, uh, he said, I want to do some work with you. And I said, OK, I would love that. And he took me on tour with him to Sweden. Yeah. And uh, and then we culminated um, um, at the Blue Note uh, in New York. And he was uh, sharing the bill with James Moody. And uh, and, and and so, uh, you know, I met Mr. Terry, um, you know, uh, in the winter of his career. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I didn't get a chance, you know, to tour anymore because his health kind of changed, you know, and everything. But boy, you know, was I glad to have met him and to have experienced what I did with him. And his wife is just a jewel. And, uh, you know, and I, you know, still keep in touch with her every now and then. And uh, I just, you know, really treasure uh, that time you know, with him, it was just a, a, a jazz blessing, you know, to uh, have been able to experience, experience him, even though it was short lived. But I just took in every moment of it. Well, you know, I'm always interested when I'm talking to somebody who's been on tour with, you know, I mean, a legend. Right. I mean, there, there mm-hmm. he is. Right. But mm-hmm. but, you know, had an extended period of time with them, whether you're touring, playing gigs, things like that, and, and mm-hmm. hanging out after the gigs and hanging mm-hmm. out as you're traveling. Um, talk a little bit about this, because I think it's interesting for younger musicians who are listening to this, also seasoned veterans and then also, you know, casual music mm-hmm. fans. You know, Clark. Mm-hmm 
traces all the way back. I mean, from the thirties, you know, I mean, he was there, right. He was mm-hmm. at the beginning of everything. He knew everything. Yes. And yes. he played with everybody and he was respected by everybody and everybody. I mean, it was just, he was a legend. So when you're sitting there and you're hanging out, what did you, or even performing? I mean, what, what were some of the takeaways that really helped you with your career? Was it stage press? You know, because Clark could, Clark could sing, Clark could do his scatting thing, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. which I forget. What was the name of it? Mumbles? He'd do, he'd yes. do mumbles, right? Yes. Uh-huh. And, and trumpet master, obviously, but also an, an educator. He was always giving back. He was always trying to work with school groups as he could. Yes. I remember that and everything else. Uh-huh. But his stage presence, I remember seeing him at the showcase a million times. I saw him with Red Halloway. I still remember this. Red Halloway, Louis Belson, and Clark. And mm-hmm. uh, Larry Novak was playing piano, I think. And it was like this guy just, he knew what to do and how to entertain as a jazz musician, which was, yes. which was, and is rare <laughs> because <laughs> a lot of guys just play tunes and that's it. I mean, he knew how to take the audience and pull them into the set and really work them through the set and entertain Absolutely. them. So what did you learn from him? I mean, is, all of that must have just rubbed off on you just with the short time you were with him. Well, I don't, I don't want to, you know, haughty or anything, but I basically had that when, Clark met me. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that attracted uh, me to him because he said, you're great. You're all of it. You're Ella. You're Sarah. You're Dinah. You're this. You know, that's why, you know, uh, I, in, in the quote that I have on my website, you know, he says, he says, you're all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I said, wow. I was like, thank you, Mr. Terry. <laughs> and, you know, and, and the thing is, is that I think, mystery. Um, if I if I had anything to walk away with, it was just to it was just to keep going. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. You know, he he would tell me, "Don't you give up?" Because you know you got it. Yeah. He says you're 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 one of them. And uh, and I said, he said, "Don't you give up?" And I said, "I I don't plan on it." You know, Mister Terry. And that was, you know, some of the stuff. And, and he and his wife just really were just super uh, committed, you know, to, you know, my success and really wanted to help me to launch my career. But, you know, as it turned out, it just, you know, things just kind of went in a different direction when his health yeah. went in a different direction. And then Gwen's attention basically had to be on Clark, you know, instead of trying to launch you know, a career at the time, mm-hmm. you know, and so the timing was, you know, was interesting, but the experience uh, can never be replaced. You well, know, I, I think it's interesting, too, because, I mean, when you're working with somebody like that and then you've worked with so many other people, um, when you get on the stage, as opposed to some other vocalists that are incredible vocalists, but they don't have the stage presence. They don't have that way to suck the audience in. They don't have that way to engage an audience, which is really tough. You know, I mean, you make it look easy. There's other vocalists that make it look easy, but there's a lot of vocalists that don't have a concept about how to really Mm -hmm. truly do it. And that's really so important because it's one thing to sing really well, but it's another thing to actually entertain, I think, Mm -hmm. and and sell the tune and make the Mm -hmm. audience believe that you believe in what you're singing and why you're singing it and, and doing all of that. So is that mm-hmm. just, I, I know your father was a, was a, was a famous jazz uh, 
musician DJ, right? Wasn't he? Did he had a radio show uh, and everything? Was uh, he? Uh, yeah, disc jockey. Yeah. He wasn't a musician. Yeah. So I mean, you must have been around all uh, all of that I from was growing surrounded up. Surrounded so by music just, all my life. Yeah. yeah. So that must have yeah. just been a natural flow. Did you just learn from osmosis from watching as a young person all the way through? I think my church background so gave me that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a little girl, I uh, was all I, I was just a ham. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, if you gave me the the speaking parts for Easter. I was exaggerated with it. And God said, let there be light. And, you know, I mean, you know, <laughs> I was always the one that, you know, was over the top, you know. You were the one so, selling the Easter pageant. You were on <laughs> right. <it. laughs> so, uh, and I always memorized my parts where the other kids still had to read from the paper. Yeah. And, you know, I was just, I was just kind of like an exceptional you know, kid. Mm-hmm. And so I've always been talkative. I've always been, you know, inquisitive and I've, you know, just have always been a people person and, you know, just love, you know, communicating and talking and, and that sort of thing. And so I, lo- I, I, you know, I, I, ex- I started expressing myself even as a young age, I've always been expressive, mm-hmm. you know? And so uh, I think just now, you know, I, I get a chance to get a few coins for it, you know, <laughs> so whereas before <laughs> it was on my report card, talkative, you know, so, yeah. you know, <laughs> now, you know, I guess it's paying off a little bit. There so. you go. Well, see, I had the same problem too. Everybody, uh, all the teachers all, uh-huh. all, all through uh-huh. the grammar school and stuff would be like, you know, he, he's constantly talking to people and he won't shut up and I have to kick him out of the class all the time. And now I have a radio show and a, and a video show. So there you have it. <laughs> That's <Done>. right. <laughs> Absolutely. So let, let's talk a little bit about, you know, before I let you go, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the foundation that you have, because I know we talked all about it the last time you were on the show. Mm-hmm. And I, I love mm-hmm. the fact that, that you do this. You do a huge gala every year, which obviously yes. for obvious reasons this year, it's probably up in the air as far as how you're going to do that. But but I know we mentioned, yeah. we talked a little bit on Thursday. You're trying to get that organized so that that can happen. Yeah. But talk a little bit mm-hmm. about the Mildred Dimes uh, Foundation. Um, I, I, the foundation is named after my mother. Uh, uh, whom I lost uh, to pancreatic cancer in 1997. Uh, I was still in Singapore performing at Harry's uh, Bar, and um, I had three weeks before it was time for me to come home, which felt like three months. Mm -hmm. And so um, um, I had never heard of pancreatic cancer. When I got back uh, to the States, uh, I started, you know, asking people, have you heard of pancreatic cancer? No, I never heard of that. You know, and I, I mean, just and even at the time uh, in Missouri, I can speak for Missouri. Uh, uh, it was even still baffling uh, to the doctors. Wow. And so it's it 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 was a, uh, you know, definitely a death sentence cancer. And uh, my mother was given six months to live, but she lived for 11. And so today there are individuals who are actually living with pancreatic cancer. And as I mentioned to you before, Mike, uh, if we hadn't lost, unfortunately, celebrities uh, uh, during the early period, like Michael Landon and Pavarotti, uh, if we had not lost uh, 
those celebrities to pancreatic cancer, we still would be even further behind than what we are now in terms of the awareness of pancreatic cancer. And so each year, uh, even though November is pancreatic cancer month, but we do it in, in October because, you know, the weather is always so bad in November. Mm-hmm. And so every year in October, we um, do a concert that benefits uh, the foundation. Uh, we have local uh, doctors from the Seidman Cancer Center here. Uh, one of the, uh, it's the second largest cancer center in, in the country. And uh, we have it right here in Missouri. And, um, and so uh, we have uh, various doctors uh, from, from that uh, institution to come and speak with our audience and, and that sort of thing. And, and we have a wonderful, wonderful concert. We've even had some Chicagoans on this concert. We've had D. Alexander on this concert. We've had, you know, her guy, Miguel de la Serna, mm-hmm. um, on it. Uh, Samuel Jewell has come in for these concerts. And uh, so we've had um, uh, a few uh, Chicagoans to come in and perform, you know, for yeah. this. And and Clark Terry himself has performed uh, for this um Uh, for the foundation. And so we hope to continue to create awareness, uh, which proceeds go to pancreatic cancer research. And, um, and uh, we, you know, we're, we're, you know, hoping to do something virtual or figure out something outdoors to do for this year's um, um, fundraiser. But if anybody listening wants to give foundation, um, they can go to www.themilitarytimesfoundation.org. Uh, and if they have any questions or if there's any problems, um, you know, just reach out for Denise Times and I can, you know, um, be happy to guide them towards how they can um, make their contribution. Well, I mean, you know, when you and I talked about it um, on the on the last show, I mean, I'm just blown away about, how you've grown this foundation. We talked about that and we talked about the Mm -hmm. the growth of the gala and all that and Mm -hmm. the concert and everything and how, I mean, obviously it's very important and we're talking about this now and you know, the great John Lewis just passed away from pancreatic cancer, pancreatic cancer, you know, and Alex Trebek has pancreatic cancer and he's he's living with it right now. So it's just, it's, it's astonishing to me that back in 1997 when your mother had it, they didn't know what it was. I mean, nope. that, that's that's the shocking thing that even in this day and age, and I mean, 1997 is still in this day and age to me. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, right. They didn't know what it was, which is amazing to me. But it seems like they've made a lot of strides and it seems like they've they're starting to figure things out. And, you know, with the foundation, especially during covid and all that, I know there's a lot of nonprofits, a lot of foundations that do incredible work for a lot of different causes. And, you know. Yes, the entertainment business is shut down. The the bars and restaurants are shut down. But this really hurts a lot of the foundations as well because they mm-hmm. can't do their fundraising that they no. need to push their initiatives forward. Absolutely. So. Yeah, we actually have adopted uh, a, a single mother uh, of two beautiful girls who started in college in the fall. She's mm-hmm. been diagnosed with uh, uh, stage two pancreatic cancer. We have adopted this family and we have helped to uh, pay her medical bills and uh, and some of her uh, more urgent needs uh, that she and her family uh, require. And so we're so happy to be able to 
do that with the help of our patient charitable fund. And that's something that we didn't have the last time I spoke to you. Um, and so our patient charitable fund helps individuals more tangibly, you know, uh, uh, in terms of their needs, um, uh, where, you know, whereas with larger institutions, you know, you have to kind of jump through hoops, you know, and of course you don't have to fill out paperwork with us and, you know, everything has to, you know, be, you know, validated, but, um, but we do uh, pride ourselves in being able to help uh, individuals in a more of a immediate uh, way. Well, that's so. and that's the the worst part about it that I think a lot of people overlook that, you know, you donate money to the research site. But if you have a disease, the last yeah. thing you need to worry about is paying bills yes. while trying to battle something that could kill Absolutely. you. I mean, it's, and being able to put gas in your car yeah. to get to treatment. Yeah. yeah it's so, the simple yeah. things. Well, all right. So the Mildred times foundation.org. And of course mm-hmm. all the information on Denise is at Denise times.com. And I have that up on the yes. screen right now. And you're going to keep us posted on the gala so we can get the word out as you decide yeah. and figure that out about that. Yeah. But Hey, yeah. I am excited. You are playing at the jazz showcase this weekend. So that Thank is you. Uh, Me too. <laughs> one thing that Wayne is getting the ball rolling again. We've got yes, live music happening here in Chicago and everywhere. Um, so that it yeah. doesn't, doesn't, so we don't lose 2020 completely. And that's how I keep talking about it on this show. And yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I am glad you're making it happen. And thank uh, you, Mike. Uh, it was awesome seeing you last Thursday. So everybody yes. stay tuned for that video. When that video drops, everybody's going to know what we're talking about now, but you'll have to wait till September. <laughs> so there's the teaser. Right. So everybody head over to jazzshowcase.com, get all the information on the show. She's there Thursday through Sunday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, shows at 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. And then Sunday, 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. Jazzshowcase.com, DeniseTimes.com. And Denise, always a pleasure. Can you believe it? I hadn't Thank talked you, to Mike. you in, in like nine months, and I've talked to you Isn't twice in the crazy? past five days. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. Oh. And I can't wait for Epiphany. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, all of us can't wait yeah. to unveil Epiphany to everyone. You got the sneak peek, and I think you'll you'll agree people are going to be very excited when they get to walk around. Well, I plan on being there in September, so. Outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah. Well, I know the owner, David Chase, is looking forward to having you over there, too, so I've already yeah. heard about it twice today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. <laughs> all right, Denise, take care and have all a great right, thanks, this Mike. weekend. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. Bye. Uh, bye-bye. Denise Times, you know, uh, she she came over, you know, we're talking about this uh, video shoot that we did and um, oh man, <laughs> it, she killed it. And it was, a, it was a thrill having her at Epiphany kicking off the sanctuary. It was the first live music we've been host up there. Sounds great up there, by the way. Uh, so I can't wait everybody till everyone can come and check it out. We are going to be announcing things later this week and uh you know, it's coming fast. It's already July 27th. September 1 is right around the corner. So stay tuned for everything. As I always say, everybody stay safe. Everybody stay healthy. Everybody stay away from each other. Tomorrow we got another great show right here at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Of course, we're going to be announcing that right after this show. So stay tuned for that. And if you like this, please like it. Please share it. Get a notification so when we go live, you get hit up so you can join the conversation. As I always say, if you like what you're hearing, tell the family, tell your neighbors, call the grandkids. Chicago Music Revealed right here. I will see you on the next broadcast.